Welcome to this episode of Sunday Reprise, where we bring the church to you and deliver nothing but the truth. Brought to you by Maranatha Family Church International Ministries in Davao City, Philippines. We hope this message will bless you. Let's go. Good morning, family. It is my privilege uh, to share with you the Word of God uh, today, and I trust uh, that you will be blessed. Uh, let us pray and ask God just to, to open our hearts uh, to the Spirit of God and to the Word of God. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, uh, for all who listen uh, and hear this Word, may they be touched deeply by your Spirit and their understanding, Father, increased, uh, and peace uh, may come to them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, uh, the, the title of my message today uh, is The Things That Make For Your Peace. Uh, we read in the in the gospel in uh, in Luke chapter 19 where Jesus uh, towards the end of his ministry was approaching Jerusalem uh, he was riding on a donkey's uh, colt uh, but it says that as he approached the city he he looked at the city and he wept over it and reading in Luke chapter 19 verse 42 uh, he says uh, if you had known even you especially in this your day the things that make for your peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. So in the world today, I think the, the scripture really has uh, application. Uh, we see the whole world uh, under, under this, uh, this massive attack uh, of, uh, of this virus, uh, and most nations uh, are suffering because of it, uh, some obviously a lot more than others. Uh, and I think if God looks at uh, at the world today, uh, uh, I think he weeps for many, many, many hundreds and thousands of people uh, that are suffering because that uh, which can bring them peace, the things that make for their peace, are hidden uh, from their eyes. They are veiled to them. Uh, but the things that bring fear, the things that bring doubt, the things that bring uncertainty, uh, the things that bring anxiety, the things that bring pain, the things that bring sufferings are clearly, clearly displayed uh, before their eyes. And so tonight uh, or today, I want uh, trusting the Lord to to help us to uh, just to find the things that make for our peace. Uh, you know, Jesus later on in his ministry in John 14, uh, we read in verse 27, it says, "Peace I leave with you. Uh, my peace I give you, not as the world gives. Do I give you? Uh, let not your heart be troubled." Uh, let it not be afraid. So, uh, our title then, The Things That Make for Peace. Now, uh, the Lord sent me uh, and my family as missionaries here to the Philippines uh, for the salvation of, of this nation. And, uh, and we are blessed to be here. But uh, coming uh, as, as a missionary to a strange country, uh, I think for anyone, uh, is, is quite a daunting and, and sometimes a stressful thing. Uh, even to a country like the Philippines that uh, is a great place with a wonderful, friendly people and, and an open, accommodating culture. Uh, yet, uh, you know, you, uh, you, you're in a foreign land and you have to adapt to it and, and trust God. So it can be, it can be daunting. So uh, early from when I came here, I began to practice, uh, you know, practice uh, the, the scripture found in 1 Peter 5 verse 7. Uh, it says, uh, casting all your cares upon him, uh, for he cares for you. So 
I, I began to practice that. But uh, I found that um, even though I would co I would carry uh, cast my burdens over on the Lord and and give them to Him, uh, I kept having thoughts of uh, coming back me thoughts of failure, thoughts of lack, especially in the area of finances. You know that we would make it that. You know, how will we make it? Where will the money come from? Uh, Etc. All those the, those kind of thoughts, uh, and they kept they kept coming back to me. I would cast my burdens upon the Lord, but the next day I would I would suffer again with uh, with these thoughts. Uh, and um, you know, it's like uh, tape sticking to your your hand. You you want to throw it throw it away, but it it, it won't go. It sticks with you. So. Uh, I came to the conclusion after meditating on this problem and praying about it uh, that what I was suffering from uh, was an unrenewed mind uh, and uh, <clears throat> to have complete peace, uh, to have peace that passes all understanding, to have the, that peace you have to think the way that God thinks, you have to know what God is thinking uh, and you have to agree, or, agree with him and begin to think his thoughts uh, and, and this was my problem. So the key to thinking how God thinks is to, to have your mind renewed to the thoughts of God. Uh, you know, it's written in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. It says, do not be conformed uh, to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, uh, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So we have three words there that I want to just uh, focus on. The first is to conform. Con, uh, conform, the connection of, of two words, con and form, means to be formed together with. In other words, to be like the world, to think the way the world thinks. Transformed is to be formed differently, uh, to be changed, to be metamorphosized, like, uh, you know, like a butterfly. Uh, and uh, the word renew the renew is the Greek word uh, anakainoe, which, which means to be repeatedly and intensely made fresh. So uh, you, you, I'm sitting on a sofa, I'm sitting on a sofa here that um, uh, the sofa is made of, it has a wooden frame and it's covered with upholstery, there's springs in it and, and cushions on it. Uh, but, but a sofa like this, and, and you might have one yourself, uh, after, after many years it could be worn out, you know, it could be old, uh, torn, uh, the, the upholstery is, is finished, the springs are gone, uh, and then it becomes, uh, you know, uncomfortable and, and, and you have a choice that you can either throw it out or you can renew it. In other words, you can make it fresh, make it new. Uh, and the process that you would uh, follow is, is to see, first inspect and see what needs to be replaced and then strip off all the old material, the old upholstery, take it all off till you have a clean frame and then you have to go out and you have to buy uh, new material, find new material that is uh, preferably of a better quality, uh, you know, new of a better quality uh, that you can use to, to reupholster uh, and then get the material, trim it uh, fix it and then begin systematically, uh, piece by piece, labor to rebuild, put put it all back against uh, uh, on that frame so that you have ultimately a sofa that is new, uh, not necessarily in terms of time, but new in terms of quality. So you have renewed it. So uh, the process of mind renewal uh, is follows basically the same steps. First of all, you have to recognize uh, and identify wrong thought patterns. Uh, things uh, that are occurring, that are that are haunting and troubling you, uh, concerning your life. 
Uh, and, uh, and then, uh, as it says in 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5, bringing every thought into captivity uh, to the obedience of Christ. So you have to take those thoughts and deal with them. Uh, and then you have to go to the Word of God. You have to go and find the thoughts of God uh, concerning that situation and then deliberately, systematically apply yourself to studying them, to understanding them, write them out, meditate upon them. Uh, speak his thoughts. You know, the scripture in Proverbs 4, verse 20 to 22 uh, says, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear uh, to my sayings. Do not let them depart uh, from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, uh, for they are life. Hallelujah. They are life to those who find them uh, and health to all their flesh. Uh, so this process of mind renewal, like like making an old sofa new. This process of remind renewal can be applied to any area uh, of your life. You can apply it to your career, to your job. You can apply it to your family, uh, to your marriage, to your relationship with your children or, or, your, or, or your siblings. Uh, you can apply it to your health if you have health issues and obviously also to your finances. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, we uh, as, as, as ministers of the gospel, pastors, uh, evangelists, you know, we reliant upon uh, the, the love gifts uh, of other Christians. So it is important for us if we want to keep our peace is to keep our head in heaven. Uh, you know, there's a saying that he has his, uh, his head in the clouds, you know, but uh, we don't want to have our head in the clouds. Our head must be in heaven. Uh, for Isaiah 55 verse 9 says, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my thoughts or my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. So we want to find the thoughts of God. Amen. Uh, so I'm going to begin, uh, first of all, you know, the question can be asked, uh, uh, how, how do I know what the thoughts of God are uh, for my life? You know, uh, how will I know what is God thinking? Uh, well, uh, before we go there, let me first just go back to the scripture we looked at uh, in First Peter chapter five, verse five to seven, uh, and we'll begin there, casting our burdens. Uh, One Peter five, five to seven, it says, "For God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble." Therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, that you may be that He may exalt you in due time, casting all your cares upon Him. So, uh, the process of humbling yourself, humility, is to uh, to to become reliant upon God. Uh, you know, if you if you think in any way that you should actually carry your burdens, uh, uh, and and maybe in part or in full. Uh, that's a manifestation of pride. Uh, when it comes to God, God wants to be the one responsible for you. Uh, you know, the scripture says he cares for us. Now, for many years, I, I carried a wrong uh, understanding and a wrong belief concerning this scripture in my heart. Uh, and I actually, you know, going back in my diary where I made notes once, I saw that I actually had written it incorrectly from memory. Uh, because I wrote, uh, cast your cares upon him because he cares about us. Now, God cares about us because we're his children. He loves us. He cares about us intimately and deeply. But that's not what the scripture is saying. The scripture is saying he cares for us. There's a difference between, between uh, caring about something uh, and caring for something. So, uh, you know, you might care... Uh, about your neighbor. You might, you know, care, like them and care about them. That doesn't mean you are caring for them. You're not feeding them. 
you're not clothing them, you're not, you're not, you know, paying their rent or their electricity. Uh, so, so God cares about us, but the scripture says He cares for us. In other words, He takes care of us as a father takes care of his children. You might even find yourself in a situation that you have to take care uh, uh, of somebody, care for them, without really caring about them, you know, that, that it's forced upon you. So you can see the difference. God cares not only about us, but He cares for us. He wants us to be like children. If we do not become like children, we cannot inherit the kingdom of God. He wants to care for us as a father. So now let's carry on. So, so to find the thoughts of God, how do I know what God is thinking? What is he thinking about my life? What is he thinking uh, about my family? What is he thinking about my marriage, my husband, my children? Uh, so, uh, well, uh, to, to find out what God uh, is thinking, we, we have to look at what God expects of us. Because God will not expect of us uh, to do something uh, that he wouldn't do. You get that. So, so God won't, uh, you know, he, he displayed that by sending his son Jesus to die for us. So uh, if God expects something of us, it's something that he's quite willing uh, to do himself and does himself. So, so if we look at uh, uh, Philippians chapter 4 verse 8, this is what it says. It says, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, Whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. So here we have the instructions from the scripture uh, that how God expects us to think. So if God expects us uh, to think this way, that tells us that this is how God thinks. So how does God think about the things of my life. Well, when God thinks about the things of my life, he thinks, uh, about, he thinks about things that are true. He thinks about things that are noble. He thinks about things that are just. He thinks, uh, he, he thinks about things that are in my life that are pure, uh, that are lovely, uh, things that are of a good report, uh, things that are virtuous, and things that are praiseworthy. Uh, that's how God thinks. So in every, if, if God looks he thinks about your marriage. He thinks about things that are true. He thinks about things that are just. He thinks about things uh, that, are, that are of a good report, lovely, virtuous, uh, praiseworthy, etc. That's, that's how God thinks. So, because I had, uh, I had these recurring thoughts coming back to me concerning uh, finances and, and you know, the problems around our finances, I set myself... Uh, to find the thoughts of God concerning our finances. So this is, uh, this is the finances of our ministry. Uh, and, uh, and what I've written here or going to share with you is, uh, is nothing to do with, with pride or boasting uh, or you know, making us to be something that we're not. Whatever we are, we are by the grace of God. Uh, and so I set myself to think, first of all, uh, to find out from the scripture, what about our finances? does God consider to be true? Uh, so the first thing uh, I want to share with you is from Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. It says, And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. So this is from uh, Paul's letter to the Philippians. Uh, this is inspired. This is the word of God. 
God shall supply. So what does God think is true? Well, what God thinks is true concerning our finances uh, is that it, it, it's his responsibility. <laughs> it's his responsibility to supply all our needs. That's what he thinks. He's going to supply all our needs. He's going to do it uh, not according to what we have or according to our ability. He's going to do it according to his ability. That's what God thinks is true concerning our finances. Well, what else uh, uh, does God think is true concerning our finances? Well, uh, if we read in Joshua 23 verse 14, it says this, And you know in all your hearts and in all your souls that not one thing has failed of all the good things which the Lord your God spoke concerning you. All have come to pass for you. Not one word of them has failed. Uh, praise God. So, so what does God think uh, concerning us? Uh, God thinks he's not going to fail us. Uh, he thinks that he's never failed us. Uh, he thinks that his track record uh, has no blemish. He has not failed us uh, in the past. He's not going to fail us in the future. Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever. Uh, so that's what God thinks to be true concerning our finances. Uh, what else does God uh, consider to be true? Well, in Proverbs 11 verse 25, it says, The generous soul will be made rich, and he who waters will also be watered himself. Uh, so God thinks that because we give generously and water those who labor with us uh, in the harvest, uh, that, that God is going to make us rich, uh, and that he is going to water us abundantly. And that's exactly what God thinks. Uh, according to his word. Well, what else does God consider uh, to be true concerning uh, us and concerning our finances? Well, uh, in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 and 10, it says, Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase, so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Well, what does God? God thinks that because we honor him, with our first fruits uh, and, and with all the increase of our finance. Uh, he thinks that because we do that obediently, uh, we do it uh, faithfully, we do it willingly, and we do it systematically, uh, that he's going to fill our bonds. He's going to fill our bonds with plenty, uh, and he's going to cause our vats to overflow with new wine. That's, that's what God is thinking. Uh, what else is there? that God thinks concerning our finances to be true. Well, in Romans uh, chapter 13, verse 8, it says, Owe no man anything except to love one another, for he who loves another has fulfilled the law. So what does God think concerning our finances? Well, he, he, he thinks because we are dealing wisely uh, with our finances, because we are keeping all our commitments, because we are not uh, running up debt, uh, uh, that, that the only thing we want to do is love people, uh, that, that God thinks uh, that we, have, we are fulfilling the righteous requirements of the law. That's, that's what God is thinking uh, concerning our finances. Well, what else does God think uh, concerning our finances to be true? Uh, well, in Job 36 verse 11, it says, If they obey and serve him, they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasure. Well, you know, God thinks that because the backbone of our, of our finances uh, and in our ministry is to listen to him uh, and to obey that which he tells us uh, that, that we are going to spend our lives 
in, in prosperity uh, and in pleasure. And that's exactly what God thinks. Praise God. <laughs> God is good. Amen. Uh, so now to move on, the second thing. What about our finance does God consider to be noble? Noble means to be honorable. Well, in Malachi, the third chapter, verse 10 to 12, uh, it says this, Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And now prove me now, and this says the Lord of hosts, uh, first of all, I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to, re to receive it. Secondly, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. Uh, and thirdly, and all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. So, uh, God thinks that our giving uh, is noble, venerable, and honorable, uh, because it waters uh, and puts food on the tables uh, of his servants uh, who labor in his harvest field. Uh, and, uh, and God's response to this is that he puts his own honor uh, on the line. He says, you can prove me now in this. And, and this is what he says he's going to do. Pour out a blessing for us, uh, an abundant one that we cannot even receive. Number two, protect our income, our sources of income. Number three, uh, honor us, exalt us and honor us uh, amongst the nations uh, and the people that he sends us. Uh, that's what God thinks, considers uh, to be honorable concerning our finances. Uh, the third one, what does God, uh, about our finances, does God consider to be just, to be right or to be righteous? Uh, in Psalm 112 verse 9, it says this, he has dispersed abroad, he has given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever, his horn will be exalted with honor. Uh, so uh, God, God thinks that our giving uh, puts us in right standing with Jesus, uh, because we are helping him uh, to take care of what is on his heart. Uh, and uh, as a result, uh, he will respond by exalting our authority in honor. That means to give uh, to our authority, he will give weight uh, and, and value. Uh, that's what God thinks uh, is, is righteous and just concerning our finances. And number four, what about our finances that God consider uh, to be pure? Pure means to be undefiled. Well, in Psalm 15, uh, it speaks about who will stand in the presence of God, who will stand on his holy, holy hill. Uh, and verses 4 and 5 says that he who swears to his own hurt and does not change, he who does not put out his money at usury, uh, nor does he take a bribe against the innocent, uh, he who does these things shall never be moved. So uh, what God thinks concerning our finances is that we keep, uh, he knows that we keep our word. He knows that we will keep our word even if it hurts us uh, and that we will not deal treacherously or any way uh, dishonestly with anybody. Uh, and because of that, God says, you'll not be moved. You will not fail. Uh, that's what God thinks uh, as being pure concerning our finances. Uh, the first thing that God thinks uh, about our finances is God uh, considers our finances to be lovely because in Colossians 1 verse 18, uh, speaking about Jesus, says he is the head of the body, the church, uh, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. In other words, in all things he will be first. 
And so God thinks our finances uh, are lovely because it's all about Jesus. Uh, it's about putting him first, uh, his plans, his purpose for our life. Uh, it's about him taking care of us uh, and, and, and we being totally reliant upon him. And in the eyes of God, that's just beautiful. I mean, God just thinks that is just wonderful. Uh, so, uh, number six, what does God, uh, what about our finance does God consider to be of a good report? Well, in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 12 and 13, it says, For the administration of this service not only supplies the needs of the saints, but also is abounding through many thanksgivings to God, while through the proof of this ministry they glorify God for the obedience of your confession to the gospel of Christ and for your liberal giving or sharing with them uh, and with all men. So, you know, the giving, that which we sow and goes out, produces uh, thanksgiving. I mean, if you've been to a gospel crusade, uh, the, the joy and the gratitude is so heavy, you can cut it with a knife. Uh, and, and the money that we send out to other evangelists, you know, the reports of thanksgiving that stream back to us. The thanks God thinks that the thanksgiving and gratitude that results from our giving and from the application of our finances, uh, God thinks uh, that is a good cause and reason for him to supply and to multiply the seed that we have sown and to increase the fruits of our righteousness. Praise God. So that's what God considers to be a good report. And then uh, number seven, what about our finances uh, does God consider to be virtuous? To virtuous means to be morally good. Well, there's a principle in Romans uh, chapter 11, verse 16. It says, for if the first fruit is holy, the lump is also holy. And if the root is holy, so are the branches. So uh, when it comes to finances, our primary giving, uh, immediate, our immediate and primary giving when we receive money is to sow seeds of honor, to, to tithe and to give first fruits upon that. And by doing that, we set uh, apart uh, the, the, the first fruit as holy. Uh, and if the first fruit is holy, then God sanctifies the balance. Uh, so that is what God uh, thinks about our finances being virtuous. Uh, and then uh, finally, number eight, what, is, uh, what about our finances does God consider uh, to be praiseworthy or commendable? Well, in John chapter 6, verse 27, uh, it says, Labor, Jesus said, Labor for the food which endures to everlasting life, uh, which the Son of Man will give you, because God has set his seal upon him. Our purpose uh, is to labor for that which produces eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Uh, and as the Father has set his seal upon him, so the divine seal of God uh, is upon the finances uh, of our ministry for the glory of God. Hallelujah. Uh, I want to thank you for listening. Uh, if you've listened to this message to the end, I know it, it's a lot, uh, the, uh, and the attention span nowadays of people is very short. Uh, but but uh, if you listen to this, you understand the process uh, that I have taken uh, to renew my mind. Uh, and I want to pray for you, if God has touched your heart, uh, that, that you will have the wisdom and the leading from God to do the same in the areas of your life where you need help. And so I want to pray with you. 
so Father, I pray uh, for those under my voice, if they have heard this message, Lord, that, uh, and you have spoken to them and touched them, Lord, that wisdom and understanding will flow from the Spirit of God to them. Father, uh, and the zeal that they feel at this very moment to do that which is right, that they will follow up uh, upon that, because it's not in the hearing of the Word, but in the doing of it. Uh, that, that is important. I pray also for those who don't know you. If anybody uh, listening out there has not given his life to Jesus, uh, he, even though you don't know him, he loves you uh, and he's thinking good things about you. Uh, if you want to accept him, just bow your heart right now and say, Lord Jesus, uh, come into my heart, save me. Uh, I want to be your child. I receive you as my savior. Forgive my sins. Uh, pray that in Jesus' name. Uh, and God will hear you and you'll be saved. So God bless you. Love you all. Uh, until next time, God be with you. That's it for today's episode. Thank you for joining us. Keep in touch with us via Facebook by going to facebook.com slash mfcdvo or search for Maranatha Family Church Davo on Facebook where we also stream our church services. Again, that's facebook.com slash mfcdvo. God bless.